good evening, everyone. Good evening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, or rather, Merry Christmas Eve. That's right. Don't want to get ahead of myself here, you know. Merry Christmas Eve. Uh, friends, my name is JT, and I serve as one of the pastors at Capital Press Reston. And it's a, it's a gift, it's a joy to gather together with you this evening as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the birth of Christ. Um, we've been, if you've been with us in any of our services over the past uh, month, this Advent season, then you know that we've been looking into the book of Isaiah, specifically chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, and even more specifically, verse 6. Now, if you've spent any time in church, you may hear that we're in the book of Isaiah, we're in the Old Testament, and you say, why is that, right? Uh, what about Matthew 1 and 2? What about Luke chapter 2? I mean, even, even Charlie Brown's Christmas reads from Luke chapter 2. What are we doing in an Old Testament book about a prophet named Isaiah? What are we doing there? Well, it's interesting because if you look at Jesus' ministry, out of all the books of the Old Testament, Isaiah is one of the books that he quotes the most. Furthermore, the early church fathers within the first 200 years of the church they often referred to the book of Isaiah as the fifth gospel, right? You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They referred to it as the fifth gospel. Why is that? It's because the book of Isaiah has a lot to say to us about who Jesus is. It has a lot to say to us this Christmas season. So if you have your Bibles with you or if you have an app or whatever it may be, open up to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Just going to open it up and have it open, and we'll, we'll reference it uh, here in just a little bit. But let me pray for us, and we will dive on in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. As we remember the reason for why we celebrate. And God, we do ask that you would help us to see these stories with fresh eyes and expectant hearts. As we again remember the true reason for this Christmas season. Pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Fill in the blank to this question for me. All I want for Christmas is what? Hold on, we'll get there in a second, I promise. If you're thinking about what you want, fill in this blank for me. All I want for Christmas this year is what? We're getting there, Ben, don't worry. What do you want for Christmas this year more than anything? Kids, maybe it's uh, the new coolest toy. I didn't really know what that would be, so I went and looked it up. So uh, the most popular toys on the most popular toy list of Christmas 2022, there was a couple of these different toys. And kids, you can go ahead and raise your hands if this is a toy that you're aware of. Um, if it wasn't on your Christmas list, but now it is, parents, I'm sorry, but here we are. So uh, second most, most popular toy was the Melissa and Doug Paul Patrol Activity Center. Sounds pretty sweet. Uh, the second, uh, third was the Play-Doh Kitchen Creations Ultimate Ice Cream Truck. Yum. Uh, fourth was the Coco Melon Boo Boo JJ Deluxe Doll. I don't even know what that is, but I do know what Coco Melon is. It's cool. And uh, the final thing was the Bluey Ultimate Lights and Sounds Playhouse. Who, who would like the Bluey Ultimate Lights and Sounds Playhouse right here? Yep. Yep. A number. Um, but interestingly enough, the most popular gift for Christmas season 2022, it actually won the Toy Awards 2022 uh, award for this year, was none other than Squishamellows. Do you guys know what Squishamellows are? 
Yep, everyone shakes their head. Yep, Squishmallows. Uh, parents, pro tip, you can get a Squishmallow at Costco for like 30 bucks. It's like half off. It's pretty sweet. Uh, for those of you who, who don't, aren't in the know on kids' toys, they're these big, oversized stuffed animals, right? They're pretty cool. So Squishmallows. Uh, so kids, what is on your Christmas list? What's the thing you want the mo- most of all this Christmas season? Adults, what do you want most of all this Christmas season? Maybe your kids are grown and they've, life has taken them to all over all corners of the country and the world. And so really for Christmas, all you want is to have family around the dinner room table, right? Maybe all you want is to be with friends and to fellowship and to have just a fun time gathering together uh, a fellowship. Uh, maybe there's something even deeper, maybe, or maybe even you're just like the Alvin and the Chipmunks and all you want for Christmas is what? Your two front teeth, right? You guys remember that story? Or maybe you're like the pop singer Mariah Carey, right? She says, all I want for Christmas is you, right? Y'all know that song, right? Remember? Uh, Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is baby. Yeah, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But you get it. You know the song. You know the song, right? We all know it, in fact, right? Mariah Carey, she released it in 1994. It's gone platinum 12 different times. It's actually made $60 million in royalties on one song. Interestingly enough, she wrote it with her, with her husband at the time, who was her producer. And she said that, uh, and he said that, you know, they, they wanted to foca- focus on that. We don't need earthly treasures. Uh, all we need is a relationship. Ironically, Mariah comments on this that, um, that she's no longer with the person she wrote it with. So maybe even relationships are fleeting at times. What do you want most of all this Christmas season? What's the top of your list? If you had an audience with God Almighty, what would you ask him for? I'm assuming if you sat down with God, it wouldn't be for Mercedes Benz or a bigger house or whatever. Well, we all know those things come and go. But what would you really want? What would make your list? Maybe it would be reconciliation with a, a family member. Maybe it would be for a child to regain a faith they once had. Maybe a loving romantic relationship. Maybe for peace across the globe. It'd be wonderful if the war in Ukraine came to an end. Maybe healing for a disease. What do you really want this Christmas season? There's lots that we could put on that list, and rightfully so. But let me ask it a different way. What if God was to write a list for you? Because we know that God's not writing Christmas lists, right? God doesn't need anything. But what if God was to literally write you a Christmas list? So what if God sat down and said, this is what you need this Christmas season? What would be on that list? Let me submit to you that Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, is God's Christmas list to you and me. It is God's Christmas list to us of what we really need not just today, not just tomorrow, but forever. And let's, let's look at what that list is real quick. The first thing we find on God's list to us is that we need a wonderful counselor. When life is really difficult, when troubles come your way, uh, when, it, when it's trouble with your marriage or relationships or, or, or your job, whatever it may be, when difficulty comes, where do you turn? And I think we all instinctively know that we need good counselors in our life. We need uh, somebody that we can go to, 
Um, I, I'm friends with a number of counselors in this, the local DMV area, and I can tell you that their offices and their schedules are packed full of people who desperately need counseling. And what is counseling? Counseling is simply, what do I do, right? Maybe you're struggling with, do I do this job or do that job? Do I move here or move there? Do I do this thing or do that thing? Whatever it may be, whatever you're struggling with, we need a counselor. We need somebody who's going to give us guidance, whether it be professional or a close friend, a pastor, whatever it may be, we need a wonderful counselor. But if I can submit to you, we don't just need any counselor because maybe you've been in that spot where you've gone to a counselor and you know, you just, they just didn't have the best advice. Or maybe you left it and you, just, you felt like, man, they, they just didn't really know me or what I was dealing with. We need not just anybody. We need a wonderful counselor, somebody who really has wisdom, somebody who really has insight that this world doesn't have, somebody that really has wisdom that, that is difficult to find. We need a wonderful counselor. That's what God puts on our list first of all. We need a counselor who knows us, who knows what we've been through, who knows our difficulties. How many of you have ever been in a spot with a counselor where you've spent a good sum of money and lots of time just to where they get to the point where they even know you? They even understand you, right? Every good counselor begins with what your story is. We need a counselor who actually knows who we are, who actually knows what we've dealt with, who even maybe, as the Bible talks about, knit us in our mother's womb, knows every hair on our head. We need a wonderful counselor. And for unto us, a child is born. The second thing that God puts on our list is he says, we need a mighty God. I don't know everything that's going on in your life today. I don't know what you're dealing with. But, you know, typically a counselor just gives you advice or gives you direction, which we desperately need. But then we also need action. We also need something, uh, if you're in that spot where you, you, are, you are desperate, you need something to give in whatever situation it is. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with a coworker. Maybe it's with a family member. Maybe it's in your marriage. Whatever it may be, you're in a spot where you're facing something and you need help. And I think that's why God puts that we need a mighty God. I have no doubt that when Isaiah penned these words that he had in mind, um, you have to remember that during that, that period of, of especially the, the Judeo kind of history, having different gods made complete sense. Everybody had a God that they followed. Isaiah's point, God's point in Isaiah 9, 6 is that we don't, just don't need a God. We need a mighty God. And do you remember what our mighty God and how he's described in scripture? In fact, Isaiah 9, 9 verses 1 through 7 references Gideon. You guys remember the story of Gideon in the Bible? Gideon has this huge army and, and then God essentially whittles it down little by little by little. Why does God do that? Why does God send Gideon to an army with 300 men? Because he's trying, to, he's trying to prove to Gideon that it's not going to be by your might that you're going to win this battle. It's going to be by my might because I'm a mighty God. Do you remember when David goes before Goliath and he stands in front of this huge, this huge, just, just gargantuan of a man and all the other men in Israel are cowering? Nobody will go out and face him, but little David comes in there and they're kind of like, oh, he's even so small where he can't hold, he can't have all of the king's armor on him. And what does David have? He has, he has a couple little stones. It's 
not David's might or David's prowess or his hunting ability that takes down Goliath. It's that he, it's that he has a mighty God. I'm reminded of Moses. Moses leads the people of Israel out of captivity, out of slavery, without any form of diplomacy, without any treaties, without any, any fighting. Who does it? God does it. Remember, they go up to the Red Sea and Moses lifts out his hands, his staff, and God parts the Red Sea and the people of God walk on dry land. He is a mighty God and we need a mighty God. I'm reminded of Jesus. This is, this is probably my, my favorite story of Jesus in the Bible. You remember the one where he's in the boat and the, the, the wind and the waves are crashing over and his disciples are on the front part of the boat? And, and they're losing their minds as he's like sleeping in the hole of the boat. You guys remember this one? And it's, it's going so crazy that they run down to wake him up and essentially say, Jesus, we're going to die. And I have to imagine Jesus you know, wipes the sleepies off his eyes, maybe puts on his tunic. He kind of probably barrels up the, the stairs up to the front of the boat. There, all the disciples are running around frantically getting water out of the boat. And I have to imagine that Jesus walks up to the side of the boat and just goes, shh, be still. And the waves stop in attention. The rain ceases, storm calms because he's a mighty God. And unto us a child is born. The third thing God has on our list is an everlasting father. We need a loving, compassionate, generous father. We need a God whose ear is bent towards us just like a father's ear is bent towards his children. And we need this father to be everlasting. As one pastor put it, we need a daddy who's never going to leave. We need a daddy who's never going to leave to leave. If you've experienced that in your own life, that difficulty, you know how important that is. But even if you haven't experienced that specifically, the reality of humanity is, I, I remind my kids of this on occasion, is as, as much as I love them, daddy's going to have to leave someday. Why? Because I am just flesh and bone like they are. So let any love that I have, any compassion, any affection, let that point them to the eternal, the heavenly father, who is the daddy who will never leave them. We need a father. Reminded of Jesus with the woman at the well. Remember that story? Jesus comes alongside her. She's getting water at the middle of the day. And in just context, you didn't get water in the middle of the day unless you had been shunned by society. What does Jesus do when nobody else is willing to talk to her, when nobody else is willing to show her love and compassion? Jesus is an everlasting father, and he loves her. He speaks to her. He talks to her. Why? Because he's compassionate. Because he's an everlasting father whose ear is attentive to his children. Yes, we need an everlasting father. And for unto us a child is born. Fourth and final thing, we need a prince of peace. Yes, you and I need true and lasting peace. In a world that is so contentious, where wars and strife seem to never cease, 
just go on social media and you'll see why, you know, just tonight, go take a quick dip in Facebook and you'll see how you and I need true and lasting peace when our hearts and our minds are confused. When life doesn't seem to make sense, when we're distraught, we're grasping for relief, we need peace. We don't, and here's the thing, we don't just need peace, we need a prince of peace. Someone who actually has the governmental authority, who rules and reigns, whose peace can be not only promised, but delivered upon. Jesus has that ability, that magisterial peace that can extend to the whole world. He's not just a well-wisher. Oh, he's not just an activist fighting for peace. No, he is the prince of peace. He has the ability to actually give you it. He has the power. Yes, you and I need a prince of peace. I'm reminded of, of Jesus in the Garden of the Gethsemane. Do you guys remember that story? Right before Jesus is taken by the Roman soldiers and the, the Jewish leaders, they come to take him. And Peter, thinking that he's following God, he, he goes and pulls out his sword and slices off that guy's ear. Remember, what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't say, oh yeah, good job, Peter, I'm gonna run. Like, that's what I would have done, right? No, what does Jesus do? Jesus picks up his ear, heals it, rebukes Peter. Because Jesus is a prince of peace. But what good is a Christmas list, friends, if there doesn't end up being presents under the tree? What good is God's list for us if it's not real, if it doesn't happen, if it's just well wishes. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God provides us these things in a child, in Jesus in the weakness and the frailty of humanity. In Jesus, this, this child will be born of flesh and blood. He'll walk not only a day, not only just a year, but he'll walk a lifetime in our shoes so he can be our wonderful counselor. Jesus will be powerful and mighty. The world is his creation and he controls all of it with just the words of his mouth. How can he do that? Well, because it was with the words of his mouth that he spoke it into being. So Jesus can be our mighty God. And Jesus is exactly like his father. He's filled with love and grace. His ears are always attentive to the voice of his children so he can be our everlasting father. And Jesus lives a sinless life for you and for me. He dies upon a cross for you and for me. Three days later, he rises from the grave for you and for me so that you and I can have true peace with God. Jesus is our prince of peace. The Bible tells us he is our peace. Not just that he gives us peace, but he is our peace. The interesting thing about gift giving is a gift ultimately does require a response. And the Bible's very clear there's really only two responses to this gift that God has given. There is only two responses. And no matter how many ways you slice it, there's not a third way, there's not a fourth way. And the Bible actually describes this through the examples for us in Luke chapter two and Matthew one. 
those, those passages that we just read, it actually, we actually see the responses that you could take right there. The two responses we have. The first one is by the shepherds and the wise men. You guys remember those guys? The shepherds were these guys out in the fields, right? Probably smelly because they're always hanging out with, with animals. The shepherds receive an angels. The angels come to them and tell them that Jesus has come. But then we've also got the wise men. Remember the wise men? We often view the wise men as these guys in these funny clothes, right? Bringing frankincense and myrrh and gold. But the wise men were likely the scholars of their day. They were actually, they weren't Jewish. They were likely Babylonian princes. They read the stars to guide them and direct them in life. And the wise men see a star that leads them, remember this, to Jerusalem. But what do the shepherds and the wise men do when they see what God has done, when they see that God has brought Jesus to the world, what do they do? They go to Jesus, they celebrate, and they receive it. They receive him. That's response number one. Response number two, we see from another character named Herod. You guys remember King Herod? King Herod, we're told, finds out about Jesus. He finds out that this This king of the Jews is born, and he wants to get a little more information. He wants to get a little more details. So he gets the scribes and the the chief priests together, and he says, hey, where's this Jesus character, the king of the Jews? Where's he at? And they don't even have to really look into the book. They they know all of of the, the prophets. They say, oh, it's in Bethlehem. But why does Herod want to know so much about Jesus? Why does he want to know where Jesus is? because he's threatened by Jesus. This big, bad king threatened by this little baby. Herod wants to go and destroy him. He wants to go and destroy Jesus. So you have the shepherds and the wise men. Their response is they receive Jesus. Herod's response, he rejects Jesus. There's just two responses. You either receive the Messiah You receive Jesus for who he is, or you reject him. The Bible tells us how to do this. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That word Lord, you could translate to Jesus. For everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Romans 10, 9 further says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So friends, let me encourage you. Have you done that? What is your response? Have you received Jesus? Have you, as Romans 10 says, have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Have you believed in your heart? If you haven't, let me encourage you to do that. Receive Jesus. Receive all that God has given you. He loves you. He cares for you. That's why he sent his son for you. Let me encourage you to receive Jesus if you haven't already. I opened talking about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. (laughs) Let me close talking about another song. This song was originally written in Germany. Um, It was written in German, the song Still Nacht, or in English, as we call it, Silent Night. It was first performed on Christmas Eve in 1818 at St. Nicholas's Parish Church in a small village called Obendorf, just uh, just within present-day Austria. 
The man who composed the words was a man by the name of Joseph Moore who had come to the city of Obendorf only a year earlier. He had written the lyrics to Silent Night two years before that during the Napoleonic War in which he served as a soldier. And as he looked upon the small town of Obendorf, he was reminded, his journal says that he, he looked on the small town and he saw just the, the really beautiful snowflakes falling down. And he was reminded of the poem he had written three years prior. That evening, he asked it to be put to music and that it would be included in the Christmas Eve service at their local church. It was a poem written in wartime, pointing to the calm and peace that only Jesus can bring. Friends, God has not only written you a Christmas list, he's given it to you. It's here for you right now. Jesus is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. So let me encourage you to trust in him, to treasure him, to receive him as who he is, the savior of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this season, this evening, tomorrow, and the days to come, would you help us to behold our Savior, to worship and adore him like the shepherds and the wise men as we hear that we have been reconciled to God through Jesus, your beloved Son. And Father, would you give us hearts that are soft to these truths? Help us to treasure Jesus above everything else in this life. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.